Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Thanks for joining us on MBP, the Micah and Ben podcast. This is a podcast made by average people for the average person, where we discuss a variety of life situations. So much of what we see on social media and what people decide to show the world is a highlight, which we think that's natural and sometimes even exciting. Just think of when somebody asks you how your day is going. Hey, how's your day going? Good. How's yours? Right? We just want to mention the positives. So... It's not the full story, and that's where we come in. We want to have a conversation that involves all sides of our lives. So join us as we chat and laugh, and don't forget to subscribe as well as reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at ActualMVP or at ActualMVP at gmail.com. Before I get going, I want to tell you all that it will just be me on this episode. Ben and I both believe that there is such a thing as being spread too thin, and he has a lot on his plate. He's being a superhero of a human being right now with everything he's juggling and deserves nothing but encouragement to keep rocking. If you think about him, send prayers or good vibes his way. On the last episode, I shared my life story. I I started with the family I was born into and ended with the family that I've made with Elizabeth, my beautiful Wonder Woman and teammate for life. I shared about my experiences with bullying and how that affected my trajectory in life regarding how I interact with people. I guess you could say that it's ultimately the seed that one day bore fruit in the shape of this podcast. And if you don't get that joke, I hope it grows on you. You're welcome. Little dad joke to start the day. Something I did not discuss last time is my experience with depression. Unintentionally, I just flew right over it. But looking back, I also knew that our episode was getting lengthy and I wanted to hit the main points. So today I want to take some time to walk through that experience with you, our MBP family. I'm a firm believer that by discussing hard topics, especially something as dangerous as depression can be, we can abolish the stigma surrounding it and ultimately lower the suicide rates that are caused by depression. April of 2016, we were buying a house. We were seven weeks pregnant. We were switching schools to teach at, and we hadn't even hit our one-year anniversary yet. So you could say we were just killing it in every aspect. But April of uh, 16 was, I think it was like April 7th. We were driving uh, very close to our apartment. We were headed over to HEB in Pflugerville, if any of you know where that fun word of a town is. And as we went through this intersection... Um, going 45, which was the speed limit. Uh, I think we were going about 45. When I say about, I mean, it was either under or at 45. I would not dare admit to any kind of speeding ever on the podcast. But we were going to speed limit, and we were going through uh, an intersection where the light was green. I'm driving. We're in a Nissan Murano, okay, an SUV. And out of the corner of my eye, I see uh, a smaller car I found out later that uh, it was a black Honda Civic. I think it was black. And he starts to turn going the opposite direction of us towards us. So I go to get, I was in the left lane closest to him. I, before, right before I got to the intersection, I went to the right lane to try to like give him space in case he didn't see us coming. There was nobody else on my side of the road. And by the time... Our cars collided. We were past the right-hand lane onto the right shoulder of the road. Uh, We connected his 
front right corner, the passenger side corner with my front driver side corner. And it hit so hard that his car bounced off in his rear passenger side corner, hit our rear driver side corner. So um, it was a pretty hard impact. When we collided, it actually dislocated Elizabeth's shoulder. Um, I put it back in for all of those wondering. It's actually a pretty easy dislocation to reassemble. Um, but I put her shoulder back in. She's freaking out. She's seven weeks pregnant with our daughter so that you don't panic too much. She's now a three-nager, Charlotte, and she's crazy and a lot of fun. But we were really worried that we might lose the baby. Um, at eight weeks pregnant, her mom had lost a baby from a car wreck. So you can understand our stress and our, our anxiety. Um, when he collided with our car, uh, I didn't know this at the time. I just knew <clears throat> that it felt like I had been punched in the hip really hard and my lower back was aching. Um, but come to find out, I actually herniated not my first disc, but my second um, disc in my life. So here I was, what was that, like four years ago? Four years ago? Th- Four years ago today, here I am, live recording and figuring out that four years ago today uh, is when we had the wreck. Pretty crazy. But yeah, uh, I was a whole 27 years old, two herniated discs. So that was a very stressful situation. We were worried about Elizabeth's shoulder. We were worried about our baby not being okay. And we were worried on top of all that that we wouldn't be able to afford the hospital bill uh, for both of us. I remember when we heard her heartbeat, her little heartbeat going, it, my knees went weak and I fell to the ground. Um, I was so relieved that I could hear my little baby's heartbeat. So um, fast forward a few months to August of 2016 and I had been feeling just off was probably the best way I could describe it at the time. If you had a dog, for some of you, you won't be able to relate to this. I understand, but I'll I'll try my best. If you have a dog and you find out that your dog is diagnosed with cancer and not only is it cancer, but it's like stage four cancer uh, or whatever the highest one is, I guess stage five. Basically, your dog has about two weeks to live. Just that thought would be looming over everything you do. Now, you could go to work. You could go to the gym. You you could do all sorts of things uh, and feel pretty regular. Heck, you could even be happy sometimes. But there's always that cloud that, that something really bad is about to happen. And that's how I describe my experience with depression. It's not a feeling, um, at least in the way that I'm describing it. It's not a feeling. It's it's actually a full status of your mental psychology, your state that you're living in, uh, the way that the chemicals in your brain are are balancing out your reality or not balancing it out. So I went to the doctor um, I thought at the time that maybe it was like low testosterone or something, which I thought was crazy just for my age. Um, so we did a blood test for that. I was perfectly average. <laughs> and so I uh, I got the blood test done. Doctor calls me. 
And she said, my guy, uh, actually, I think she said, dude, you have depression. And when she said that to me, I immediately started crying on the phone. I remember feeling like something was just wrong with me. I felt like I was broken. I felt like I had failed to live up to what a normal guy should be. I just felt like I I had let everybody down um, is probably the best way to put it. I felt like I had not met the mark. So what that led to was she put me on the lowest dose of Zoloft. I got to say, some people listening to this, you're probably thinking, maybe, you know, first of all, depression, just go talk to somebody about it. Like, you'll be okay. Or like, give it a few days, just sleep, you'll be fine. I, having had my experience, I am a firm believer that medication can help. Especially in my case where my depression was caused from a very um, stressful life event. If you think about like PTSD, that's what that is. It's depression caused from a traumatic experience. That's what the T in PTSD stands for, right? For me, I didn't have necessarily, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I did have a trigger. Um, my trigger was when my brain would get overloaded, whether it was work things, personal things, things between Elizabeth and me, things between uh, a friend and me, and everything combined all at once, my brain would just snap and I would lose motivation. I felt like I could not focus on one particular thing. Um, I, I felt like I didn't really care. Like I was a vacant black hole of emotion. There was nothing. There, there was no happy or sad. You could tell me that Charlotte just tripped and face planted and, and I would feel bad, but I wouldn't have this overwhelming like sense of oh my gosh, my kid, is she okay? You know, and freak out. I would just kind of be like, oh, okay, well, that stinks. Let's go check and, and make sure everything's okay. Oh, you're bleeding? Okay, let's let's just clean it up. Just a, about as neutral and level as you could think of. That's how I was. And I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't right. That's what I felt like. Um, so three years, three years of taking Zoloft, um, first it was 25 milligrams when I switched out of teaching and into, uh, f- uh, financial planning, <laughs> personal training for finances, but, uh, we get your money to its goals and we all that. So that I was trying to juggle things at where I'm keeping track of people's very intimate financial details and helping them navigate those stressors, obstacles, whatever it may be. Um, that then led to, that then led to me, um, feeling very overwhelmed. I would have a lot of drive time. I'd drive to Dallas. I'd drive to Fort Worth. I'd drive to Houston. Those are three hours one way for me. And during that drive time, I'm not working. I'm literally just driving. And so it would lead to a hundred emails all popping up on my phone that I couldn't deal with right away. And then I'd have texts from my friends or Elizabeth saying like, Hey, this thing is happening and we need to deal with this. And like, Hey, this bill is coming up. We got to make sure we pay it on time. Hey, Charlotte just did X, Y, and Z. We got to go take care of that. Those were the things that were all happening at once. And guess what? I can't handle any of them. 
on top of my own personal to-do list of things that I needed to take care of. So it ultimately was a very overwhelming thing that would stress me out and trigger me into ultimately depression. And it got pretty serious, um, at least to a debilitating level. I, I can say with a clear conscience, I never felt like suicide was the answer for me personally. I know that other people do. Um, I've read articles that talk about how depression is not the only factor that leads to suicide. There tends to be more than one, uh, usually a few that combine into that to, to drive somebody to do that. For me, depression was the only factor um, that was really bothering me. Uh, and there were other things that I could tell you exactly what would trigger me how it would make me feel and all of that. So I started going to counseling in fall of 2018, I believe. I think that's about where it was. And just for the record, just go to counsel. Just go talk to somebody. Talk to somebody who is actually educated in helping you sort through your issues. Because let's be honest, I I would boldly say every person has been through a situation. If you're like 20 years old or older, you have been through a situation that you probably didn't handle the best way possible. So there's your proof to need to go talk to somebody who knows what the heck they're talking about. And the best part is, especially if you get a good counselor, they're going to help you sort through your situation. They're going to help you figure out what to do. They just kind of put some guide rails as you move forward through it. So I went and saw Aaron. Um, he's a, I still go see him. And he started to give me some strategies, some strategies, some language that I could communicate with Elizabeth, especially when I started feeling a certain way. And he really helped me to navigate how to bring it down a notch. I specifically remember one time I was at the gym and uh, just doing a plain exercise. Uh, if you know what these are, lawnmower rows, you bend over, you grab a dumbbell and you pull back on it kind of thing. I was just setting that up, started my first set, and all of a sudden I thought to myself, holy smokes, I'm about to start crying, and I have no idea why. So I put everything back, ran and grabbed my stuff out of the locker room, got to my car, and I burst into tears. And immediately I had two voices in my head. One that was just like, Micah, pull your act together, get it together, this is the stupidest thing Crying is fine, but crying for absolutely no reason is the stupidest thing ever. Why are you crying? Get it together. The other side of me was thinking like, everything is wrong. I can't help it. And I just, it's going to start raining and something's got to be wrong with Elizabeth. And I'm sure I screwed something up. And the other side of me is going, are you serious right now? What is wrong with you? Shut up. Stop. Get it together. And I was very angry. Like I had no control over what was happening. It happened again two days later. And I went straight to Aaron and I said, what the heck is happening to me? And he said, it's kind of like whenever somebody gets really angry, but they bottle it all up and they don't let it out ever. And then they just snap at somebody one day. Other emotions can do that too. Your brain will stockpile your feelings until it can't contain any more and it lets it out. So that was something we talked through. You want to talk about, you know, strategies of how to deal with something. That was something that we, we dealt with and we talked through of how to let it out. He actually recommended I watch something cathartic, a release for me. Like a, a, I said movies really help me like feel emotions because I really get into the story. So this is no lie. He recommended I watch John Wick 
he was like, you like seeing a, a guy like stand up for himself and that sort of thing. Go watch John Wick. And I said, done, twist my arm. So I did watched all three of them all in a row. So it was a, uh, <laughs> it was a great strategy, bold strategy, Cotton. Now, by fall of 2019, I wanted to get off of medication. First of all, don't get off medication like antidepressants without consulting your doctor first. For me, I consulted my doctor and I consulted um, Aaron and I was trying my best to not play the game of telephone, but just back and forth, tell them, Hey, here's what my doctor said. Here's what Aaron said. Here's the strategy that I'm going to use. Here's the timeline that the, the doctor is giving me and how to taper it off and all that kind of stuff. And so I dropped from over the course of three months, I, I went from 50 milligrams to 25 milligrams, um, to, I think it was like 25 milligrams every other day or something. And then I stopped. When I stopped taking that medication, I'm going to be very candid with you. I had the worst splitting headaches for about three days straight. When I say the worst, I I literally felt like I had a knife going through my skull. On top of that, um, I would be very, very irritated one minute and then the next minute I'd be super sad about something or overwhelmed and then one minute I'd feel very motivated and the next minute I'd feel like doing absolutely nothing and I knew these were side effects uh they were terrible but by about day six I was good and I felt like I was my normal self I felt like I had a more broad range of emotions because what that medication does is it basically puts brackets um like limiters or a cap and buffer for the finance people out there. But it puts a limit on how great of an emotion you can feel on the positive end and how low of an emotion you can feel on the negative end. So when I say I was a very neutral person, especially on medication, that that's how I felt. I felt like I was being bracketed. I couldn't get super excited about stuff and I also couldn't get super sad or negative about stuff either. It was a very weird feeling. Once I got off the medication, though, and the side effects had subsided, um, I could feel wide range of emotions again. Um, it felt like back when I was a camp counselor at Pine Cove, where I could just go from, you know, a real uh, intense, serious conversation with a camper who has been dealing with some hard life stuff to, okay, now let's go, let's do this chant, blah blah blah, like baby shark, do do do, yeah, so. Now that you have that song stuck in your head, um, that's how I felt again. And now, you know, when you have a little kid, especially a three-year-old, like you want to have that range of emotion to to keep up with them so that they feel like you know what they're going through and they feel that connection with you. I still experience moments um, or, or a day here and there of depression, but I now have the tools and the language to get through it. So some of you right now, you may have felt some of the things that I have talked about. Uh, some of you may have thought some of the things I thought about. Talk to somebody. Start with a friend if you want to. But don't be afraid of a counselor 
for the sake of it. For me, it was, I felt like I was trying to prevent admitting that I had a, that something was wrong with me. I think that's where I was stopping myself. Don't do that. Don't let your pride get in the way of your healing. I hope that this has been overall um, just an opportunity to let some of you, I I hope that even just one person hears this and thinks, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk to somebody about it. Uh, If that happens, then this has been worth it. Next episode, sorry to shift gears really suddenly, but next episode will be Ben sharing his story. I know that Ben has dealt with some depression himself. I don't know if he'll talk about that a lot um, or just kind of touch on it lightly, but he's going to share his story and he will be sharing where he began all the way back to back then to where he is today. Again, we both hope that by him doing that, you can, at least somebody can relate. Lastly, be sure to connect with us. This podcast is for you, you listening to this. We want to hear from you. Share with us your stories, if you'd like. Hit us up on the interwebs via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at ActualMVP. Visit the Facebook page for the Micah and Bim podcast, or email us at ActualMVP at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in for Ben's story next week. Make the most of your time in quarantine. And if you are, again, feeling low, reach out. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.